Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, I am sorry that you are back in New York. Oh, he has okay. not turned on yet. I am sitting yeah, here frozen. so glad to be warm again. That's the first yeah, time first thing I told my parents when they picked me up. I was like, I've never been so happy to be warm again. I can't do it anymore. My blood has thinned so significantly that that week and a half I spent in New you York and, and in blood. Columbus. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I'm <laughs> Uh, throw in a little rim shot there for you. Um, yeah, it's just like I like I made it through, especially in New York was okay because I was walking everywhere. But yeah. the, the the four days I spent in Columbus where I was just like more or less sitting or driving around um, at my grandma's I house. I say, rural cold hits differently than well, I mean, it metro it's cold. Rural. It's, it's suburban. It's rural. It's, rural. it's suburban. Uh, but anyway, but I, it was just, I wasn't out there walking, um, but it was cold. It's really cold. I don't I, like it. I am a cold person. That's the problem. I'm a cold person. I'm still cold. So I don't understand <laughs> yes. Yes, what's going on. Like, I'm, to be fair, I am sitting here in a tank top. So that might have part of it. And no socks. But I still should be warm. I'm I'm so used to the cold, personally. Yeah. When I was in high school, I thought I liked the cold so much, I wanted to go to college at a little school in International Falls, Minnesota, which is the coldest place in the continental United States. Nice. I would have been miserable. That's anyway, not ideal. I wouldn't. Not even me. No. I mean, no. The, I did. You. To be fair, I did start school in the city and then go back to Buffalo like a fool. So shuffled off to Buffalo. Not did did indeed shuffled back yeah. to Buffalo. Yeah. This has been uh, your daily weather update from Broadway Radio. Thank you for listening. You can get more great content like that over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. We have a ton of cool stuff coming up in the podcast feed, especially hitting in Patreon first very, very soon. The first thing that'll be coming out will be an interview that I did with the two Kleban Prize winners from this year. Great conversation um, with Isabella and Cesar. It was very cool to talk to these people who really have had a life-changing opportunity given to them because of this award. Um, We talked about that. Um, Grace has been talking to the creators behind the Vineyard Theater's production of Sandblasted. That will show up in the podcast feed, too. I also did an interview with um, a biographer of Busby Berkeley, so that'll be dropping in the podcast feed as well. So tons of stuff happening over at patreon.com slash Radio. All right, Ashley, let's start the news with an exclusive report from Broadway News that examines data leaked from Broadway grosses during the period of December 19th of 2021 and January 9th of 2022. Now, if you remember, there were a lot of shows, including Hamilton, Hadestown, uh, Dear Evan Hansen, and more that canceled mm-hmm. performances during that first week, the week of Christmas. Uh, the 19th uh, obviously ends on the, the 25th that week uh, there um, because of the surging Omicron variant to COVID-19. So those big shows were down. However, Waitress remained open and during the week of December 19th, played to 85% capacity and grossed $867,103 before having to close next week because of a rise in COVID yeah. cases. I was thinking it was earlier. I thought they closed on the 20th for some reason. So that nope. one threw me off. Yeah. Other shows that stayed open during that time period did not fare as well as Waitress. Slave Play? Oof. Yes. 
This one hurts. Grossed only $77,152 across seven performances, playing to 22% capacity. Girl from the North Country played to 32% capacity that week and grossed just $197,691. Slave Play, of course, ended up ending uh, its return engagement in in January as scheduled. North Country announced a hiatus ahead of a planned return to the main stem this spring. But as I was writing this script, I went and checked their website. There have been no official details released and tickets are not currently on sale. Right. So make of that what you will. Mm. I would still think they would want to come back before the Tonys. If they can. If uh, they it can. says there's a notice on their website talking about the fact that they are in negotiations with the Schuberts to find them a new house. Yeah. Mm. Will that happen? I hope so. I, yeah. I would like to see the show again. I saw it at the public and thought it was okay, uh, but I thought it had potential, um, and I wouldn't mind ch- checking it out again. Um, but for reference to this conversation, yesterday the Broadway League revealed that la- that last week, Broadway's 19 shows played to 86.83% capacity and grossed $18,939,840 or $996,833.68 a piece. Ashley, I assume that that is buoyed and boosted in no small part to Hugh Jack. Of course, of course. And I mean, we've hammered home how expensive those tickets are. Uh, so that's not a an insignificant part of it. But of course, if you're going to have a big celebrity like Hugh Jackman on Broadway, the numbers are going to increase a little bit. Okay, so let's run through some of these other holiday grosses uh, for other shows really quickly. During the Christmas week, the Book of Mormon grossed $1.1 million, while Chicago grossed $825,471. Both shows played at over 95% capacity, and they only had seven shows during that week. Moulin Rouge only played five performances around Christmas, but still nearly made it into the seven-figure club. During the week that ended January 2nd, uh, in which Omicron's impact became even more evident, Flying Over Sunset played to just 26% capacity over at the the, uh, Lincoln Center. Uh, That's a big house. So 26% capacity had, and it's, and because it's, um, uh, you know, a three quarter thrust kind of stage, Mm -hmm. that had to be really, really daunting for those actors. It was Uh, the the wrong wrong stage for sure for that show in general, but probably should have been an off-Broadway show. Mm -hmm. But um, the show only grossed $123,054 and, of course, announced closing shortly thereafter. Long-running stalwarts Phantom of the Opera uh, dipped to 54% capacity and just over 654k that week, while Wicked came in at 68%, despite making 1.1 million. The aforementioned Music Man, which began uh, performances on December 20th, made $2.2 million over five performances during its first Ten week. And then, sold. yeah, I know. And then made $1.7 million in the week that ended on January 9th after having to cancel a number of performances due to COVID in the mm-hmm. cast. Interestingly, Ashley, this is the number that surprised me the most. Mm. During Christmas week, Mrs. Doubtfire played to 85% capacity and made 665K in just six performances. And then the week before they announced their current hiatus, they grossed $933,818 at 77% capacity over nine shows, which, while still not, I mean, not Music Man numbers, um, 
But it's much better than I would have thought, given their decision to shut the whole thing down for more than two months just a few days later. I mean, I with those numbers, regardless, it's economically not viable for it to have continued to run at the time because they were going to see numbers continue to dip. I mean, we were in the middle of this Omicron surge and we watched how that played out and how shows had to essentially cancel every performance, Mrs. Doubtfire included. I'm really not surprised about this because, one, it was at a point where theoretically tourists were coming and you have families going to shows. People weren't in school, so you had families going to shows and it is, you know, in and out a family show where a lot of shows on Broadway don't really, can't really build themselves as such. Um, it's like that and the Lion King and Aladdin really, and maybe a couple others. I mean, Harry Potter, I guess. Uh, but Mrs. Doubtfire kind of has the advantage of being this, uh, when did it come out? Like 1990. I can't remember what year the movie came Alexa, out. 19- so what year did Mrs. Oh, Doubtfire come out? The film Mrs. Doubtfire was released on November 24th, 1993. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, there Alexa. You go. That's our third correspondent. I was going to say, we are not sponsored by no. Amazon. No. Um, but it has the advantage of being at this point in time where, like, the parents that showed it to their kids then are of a certain age that can afford Broadway tickets. The people who were kids then are of a certain age to be able to afford Broadway tickets for their kids. So it's really not surprising. I saw a lot of people who were really upset to see them have to reschedule everything um, because they had tickets planned for them and their families. So I'm sure they will come back because they have the finances to do it. And hopefully those people will be back in those seats in those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I know I went to the Sondheim and got a couple tickets for my brother and niece for March. Yeah. And they, so they are very much on sale and somebody's sitting in the box office if you want to get tickets. There you go. However, speaking of getting tickets, Ashley, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor, Todaytix. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about the fact that I got my Black No More tickets because of an exclusive pre-sale via Todaytix yeah. for this most recent trip. But I haven't talked nearly as much about the fact that I got my tickets to see The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe with Cecily Strong mm-hmm. at The Shed via Todaytix. This is a show that... I didn't know a ton about going in, but because of the ease of getting tickets via Today Ticks, coupled with the star power of Cecily Strong, it was an easy get for me. I've gotten so many shows that I normally might not have even known about because Today Ticks process is so simple and easy and they have amazing prices for all types of theater and concerts. I'm really happy that Today Ticks is so flexible because I'm, let's be realistic, one of those people who can't make their mind up very easily. So you can book tickets months in advance. You can also book them day of if you're feeling spontaneous. You already mentioned those uh, exclusive pre-sales as well as limited time offers, digital lottery programs to sold out shows day of discounted tickets. Today Ticks has so many options for you and it doesn't matter where you live. Uh, you could be in New York for Broadway, off-Broadway, London in the West End, but you can also find tickets in cities across the country, around the world, including Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, and more. I was keeping an eye on some tickets. You know, I, I, I want to check out today ticks maybe two or three times a week to kind of keep my eye on what I'm going to buy tickets for. This week, I, I'm also looking at Black No More. I'm still looking at Little Shop of Horror, so I can return and go see Conrad Rickamora. Mm, Conrad. Because it's yeah. necessary. So yeah, today ticks has that. 
Love it. All right, everybody, see that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytakes.com slash Broadway and then use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's promo code Broadway at todaytics, T-I-X dot com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. One more time, todaytakes.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, let's get back into the news. First up, in a variety article looking at last week's 10th anniversary of the death of music and movie superstar Whitney Houston, it was revealed that a stage musical is in the works, if you can follow me here, to adapt the as-of-yet-unreleased Casey Lemons biopic (laughs) called I Want to Dance with Somebody, which will be released later this year on December 21st. So biopic is getting adapted before anybody has ever seen it. Love it. Love this IP factory that <laughs> sure. we have on Broadway. But mm-hmm. that being said, the film will star Stanley Tucci as the legendary record producer Clive Davis and BAFTA winner Naomi Aki will be playing Whitney. She also has a uh, a pretty extensive stage career in the UK yeah. as well. No word on the timetable or creative team for the musical adaptation. Fascinating. I'm really, I'm really fascinated by that string of events as far as we're, we haven't seen. It's a seen little strange. The, it is very strange, but I mean. It makes sense. It does make sense. And also Whitney Houston's music is obviously right for the picking. We have had so many bio musicals in the past few years that we are very clearly still on that trend of that. I'm okay with it. I'm not, I've already mm-hmm. spoken about how I'm not a big bio musical fan, but if it's done right, if it's done fun, I mean, I'm certainly going to be dancing in my seat. Yeah, and Whitney is certainly one that not only has the catalog of music to make it entertaining, but her life was really sad and and difficult. And I'm honestly a little concerned about how you portray that in a bio musical. Um, But it's great music. And if we get a little bibbity bobbity boop, uh, uh, impossible (laughs) action, I guess that's the wrong Cinderella, but we need at least an extensive number of uh, impossible with you know her and a young person playing brandy but i'll take it anyway all right in other news yesterday the new york theater workshop announced that they would be canceling performances of aisha harris's new play on sugarland through february 20th which is this sunday due to a number of covid diagnoses in the company in turn the show will shift its opening night to march 3rd and will now run through march 20th um this actually gives me another day or two to see it in my march trip it's a three-hour show which so it was really limiting to when I could see it, but it gives me a couple more opportunities, so I'm excited about that. And finally in this section, it was announced on Tuesday that the Hollywood Bulls Community Theater for A-Listers season will include a Jerry Mitchell-helmed production of Kinky Boots starting in uh, July, running July 18th, or 8th through the 10th. And Ashley, I would bet dollars to donuts that either Billy Porter or Wayne Brady will be playing Lola in this production. Obviously, Billy Porter originated the role. Wayne Brady did it on Broadway as well. And that newly minted CBS sitcom star Annalie Ashford will be returning to the role of Lauren. Just guessing. She's uh, in the show Be Positive uh, on CBS. It's a Chuck Lorre show that she was like one of the co-leads in the first season. And then the the guy that she co-starred with got himself into a little cancellation trouble and they moved him to like a supporting character and made her the lead of the show. Good. She deserves it. 
and then Linda Lavin and like a ton of other like iconic stars of a certain generation, uh, like Hector Elizondo and, and some other folks. CBS, got it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's perfect for a CBS audience. But I'll either way, Annalie Ashford making TV money is never a bad thing. It's a very good thing. Yeah, it's such a short run for this Hollywood Bowl project. I would absolutely not be a, even a little surprised to see Billy Porter back. Yeah, either him or Wayne Brady, who has done a Hollywood Bowl bowl show before he was uh, i believe he played benny and rent uh, a decade ago yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. that was and i don't see annalee ashford doing the uh london sunday in the park production that was supposed to happen at some point so i mean i have a feeling <sighs> that's more because of jake's schedule although i mean her tv yeah. I mean, honestly tv schedules are a little more arduous yeah. than than film is when you're doing a traditional network 22 episode season sure. uh, but anyway all right, Ashley, we are recording on Tuesday, February 15th, which means that we are recording during the opening night of Black No More through the new group. It is happening at the Signature Center. Uh, and of course, uh, I talked about the fact that I've seen the show. Grace has seen the show, but we didn't mm-hmm. want to discuss it until it was opening night. So I'm not going to go into a full review. I am sure that um, James and company will talk about it this week on This Week on Broadway. And, and maybe I've talked a little bit about it on my tra- travel logs. Uh, maybe Grace and I will talk about it after you see it or something. But mm-hmm. I did want to share a few of my thoughts since I did promise them um, ahead of time. The show features a book by 12 Years a Slave screenwriter John Ridley, features lyrics by Tariq Trotter, who also co-wrote um, the music with Anthony Tidd, James Poyser, and Daryl Waters. Tariq, also known as Black Thought from The Roots, also co-stars in the show, along with a uh, fantastic cast, including Jennifer Damiano, Brandon Victor Dixon, Galen Gilliland, Tamika Lawrence coming back to her. Uh, Howard mm. McGillan is in the show uh, as well. Theo Stockman, Ephraim Sykes, and uh, the always great and good Lilius White. Um, I saw the show again a couple weeks ago, so they very well could have made some changes since then. In fact, I'm almost positive that they did. They've been making mm-hmm. a ton of changes uh, according to what I've been hearing throughout the run of the show off-Broadway during previews. What I will say is, I think think there's a good show in there, Ashley. Mm. I am not 100% sure what is currently on stage is the final product or the best possible product. I think they need to do a little bit more refocusing of the narrative. I am a big Jen Damiano fan. I think that her and Adam Chandler Barat are the best parts of Next to Normal. And I think that relationship of those two characters are the only thing that I really give a shit about in that show. (laughs) Um, But... I don't need three songs um, by a white woman in a show that's mostly about black people talking about how hard it is to be blonde. Mm. So not her fault. Certainly not her fault. She didn't write it. Um, but they leaned into that a little bit more. I would love to see them trim down one of her songs and actually give Brandon Victor Dixon a song that lives up to his incredible talents. He is the lead of this show, but I don't think he has nearly the type of ammunition um, to show his talents that Tamika Lawrence, Ephraim Sykes, and Lilius White have. Um, his stuff is fine, but it's nowhere near as good as those other people. Um, Speaking of Tamika Lawrence, 
she we we already know she's incredibly talented correct if this goes to broadway she will break out finally to the star that she deserves to be she is fantastic in the show and the only thing i tweeted about this because again i didn't want to spoil anything because it was so in previews but i tweeted something along the lines of there are no goosebumps like tamika lawrence goosebumps (laughs) multiple times during the show she just absolutely took my breath away she is fantastic she has that Um, power yeah, she's amazing. Tariq is not an actor, but he serves the role fine. I think he needs a little tightening up, uh, mm. to be honest with you. Um, but he's good in this, in this specific role. I think that the, the idea of the show is fantastic. I think the staging of the show is, is really, really good. I was a little surprised that the scenic design by Derek McLean was super basic um, especially with a show that is as highly capitalized as this one is that I'm assuming would like to be on Broadway sooner rather than later that surprised me that's more the point of it is that they can trim down everything because they have Broadway intentions yeah but I mean there's literally nothing it's you've Hmm. probably seen some pictures it's just like some letters Um, either way um, I think the show is good as is I don't think it's great I don't think it's as good as it could be I hope that they continue to refine the work I don't think it would be a bad idea for them to have another run before they go to Broadway, but I don't know that they're going to be able to make that work with Tariq. Obviously, he has a day slash night gig uh, with The Tonight Show. Obviously, with a cast like this, some of them will be in demand if they don't hurry this through. So I'm not sure what's next. I don't think this is the end of it. Um, As Grace likes to talk about, the fact that Bill T. Jones choreographed this show is always (laughs) a highlight. So there's a lot to be excited about for this show. I think it still needs some more development. Uh, but I am much higher on this than I am um, in Tambo and Bones, which is, you know, dealing with similar issues um, of race uh, throughout history. And they are like a block apart uh, over yeah. on 42nd Street. So much more happy with having seen this than Tambo and Bones. Um, but it does it does need some work and some refocusing in and my a estimation. Tidying up a little yes. bit of a facelift, but not too much. Ironically, the whole show is about having a facelift, more or less. So there you go. I wrote it, obviously. All right, let's talk about some feel-good recommendations. We've got a bunch, so I'm just going to run through them. First up, I know, Ashley, you and Grace talked about this uh, on yesterday's show. Brittany Johnson made history as the first black black actor to uh, full-time take over the role of Glenda in Wicked on Broadway. We have a nice little clip of her making her entrance in the show notes, doing the whole It's Nice to See Me, Isn't It line that Grace... Yep, Grace parroted that uh, on the show before it probably actually happened IRL. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going (laughs) to be going to see this show on my trip in March because I've really want to see Brittany Johnson do this I role, really so. want to see her too and I'm not a wicked person like she's gonna get me wicked. in the door yeah. she's gonna get me as back you should. in the door mm. as you should um, this one's a little late um, but because of all of my travels I didn't have the opportunity to listen to it like I normally would but the writer director cultural critic podcaster Isaac Butler was a guest on an episode of Fresh Air last week talking about his new book The Method colon how the 20th century learned to act um i have the book already i haven't read it i picked it up at the drama bookshop so i haven't read it yet but the conversation is fascinating talking about the origins of method acting um starting of course with constantine stanislavski and then moving to lee strasberg and stella adler and and sanford meisner and the new group uh, or i'm sorry the group theater and the actor's studio Mm -hmm. um and the evolution of this and how that plays into things like raging bull and the godfather and daniel day lewis and um so many other 
other things. It was an amazing conversation. Very of course, cool. Fresh Air is also always one of the best listens yeah. you can get. If you're old like me, I could just watch PBS and listen to NPR <laughs> all the time and be very happy. Check and Terry Gross, um, while I think she's an interesting interviewer, uh, she always seems to get things out of people so i always appreciate that so we will have a link to where you can listen to that or you can find it wherever you get your podcasts in fresh airs podcast feed and then finally i I think it was last week we started seeing some social media pictures of a bunch of cameras happening at company of course i initially wanted it to be an extreme you know a a complete capture of the broadway revival Mm -hmm. that does not appear to be what it was instead we do have a five minute long um, multi-camera look at the opening number which I'll take it for now. Still would like to see a capture, but we'll, I mean, we'll see about that down the I, road. I think they've already done their uh, archive capture. That's so. not what I mean. I'm talking multi-picture, multi-camera. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. Trust me, I want it too. I advocate for it every damn day of my life. Yeah. But eventually, hopefully. Yeah. So you do have this. If you have not had a chance to see it, watch the opening number. Um, still as magical in this pre- pre- you know yeah. presentation as it is on stage. I very rarely see shows more than once on Broadway, let alone more than twice. This is one that I've seen it twice now. Like I very well could see it a third time. I'd like to. I've sat house right both times I've seen it. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'd like to go. You know, spring for a center orchestra ticket or maybe you know front mez um to see this show because i think it, it bears seeing for multiple angles correct i've only seen it three times and i'm disappointed with myself about that so i mean yeah me I, too. Need, I need kind of shocked. thank you i know well to be fair i had two other tickets and i was supposed to see it with you in the last trip so mm-hmm. i should be up to six but i'm not you canceled <laughs> as many times as you've seen it ah, well to be fair i had covid for two of them so yeah, and- not my yeah. fault. Not my fault. I mean, the one time I left my mask. house. I do. I'm just <laughs> Anyway, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.